Uh, hello, my name is Lorenzo Van Ness, and I will be having a conversation with Kai Platt um, for the New York City Trans Oral History Project in collaboration with the New York Public Library's uh, Community Oral History Project. Um, this is an oral history project centered on the experiences of trans identifying people. Um, it is uh, April 5th. 2000, no, April 6th, 2017, um, and this is being recorded at the Queen's Office of the Commission on Human Rights. Um, so, Kai, can you tell us your name and your pronouns? Hi, I'm Kai Platt, pronoun is he. Cool. Mm -hmm. And um, can you just tell us a little bit about where you're from? Or? Sure, I'm um, from a small industrial town just north of Cincinnati called Hamilton, Ohio. Um, and I have been living in New York City for 17 years as of August 4th coming up. And what was, um, what was it like to grow up in Hamilton, Ohio? Oh, oh. I mean, Ohio, oh. Well, I was, um, uh, I was raised in, um, uh, my mom's white, my dad's black, and I was raised in, uh, with my mom and my white stepfather in an all-white family and all-white side of town in Ohio, so I was the only brown kid besides my brother um, in all my schools until high school. Uh, so that was, ugh, it's absolutely traumatizing. Um, but in a lot of ways, it sort of fortified me, um, you know, in the world and, you know, made me stronger. So, so. so what was it like to be, like, the only brown kid? Did, did people make fun of you? Did like, I, I happen, um, well, they, it was, uh, you know, it was complicated because I was the only brown kid, but I also came out as queer at 10, mm -hmm. and I'm 44, um, so this is in you know, 82, um, and I, uh, at 10, I also shaved my head, so I was presenting, um, and, but I was fortunate um, because I was smart and also an athlete. Um, and I was, like, the first one picked on every team, um, was the captains of the team, you know, so I was that sort of, like, popular kind of jock kid, but I still, um, was, you know, an outsider, and also I just n n was naturally, like, mentally an outsider, um, like, the thing, I just thought differently than a lot of the people, um, that I grew up around, and, um, you know, I was sensitive, I was writing poems, bad ones, um, uh, stuff like that as well. Um, uh, what was, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say something, I forgot. Yeah, I'll find it, I'll find it later. Yeah. Did you have, like, a lot of friends when you were, uh, I did, and I still actually have, um, many of the friends I'm friends with, a couple of women who are, um, I went to kindergarten with, um, so it's weird to be, like, both an outsider and popular, um, and now when I go home, um, well, actually, New York City's my home, I have to start saying that, um, but, you know, the, my childhood home, I, um, everybody comes out, they want to hang out, like, I don't get any, like, you know, free time or alone time, you know, it's like, it's a packed schedule, so it's, it's, uh, it's interesting, yeah, um, yeah. What were your um, parents like, or your siblings also? Um, what was your family like? My mom was, um, and is, uh, kind of like a, um, like a hippie white woman. You know, she went to Jimi Hendrix's funeral. She was on acid. Um, and she's very, very permissive. So when I decided, when I learned, um, that, you know, like the buttons on boys' shirts were on the opposite side, you know, she was fine with me only wearing boy short shirts and, um, and, uh, she was just very, like, you know, I could, I could be out all night, I could have boys and girls spend the night, I was, um, we lived, like, in sort of, like, a, a kind of, like, a country, and so, like, I would just wander around by myself, and my mom was very famous of, of that, um, my stepfather, uh, white guy from Tennessee, was a bit different, but... And I can't say that I like him as an adult because he's, my mom calls him the broke Donald Trump. Um, um, you know, but I, I learned a lot. I learned, you know, like, so basically my, my, my father, my stepfather and my grandfathers just treated me like a boy. 
Um, so I learned how to fix cars. I learned how to fish. I um, learned how to like camp by myself, um, which is also sort of like you know, um, kind of like in in the town that I grew up, like racially different too, right? You know, like little brown kids aren't out in the woods near their house camping by themselves, right? Um, so, um, I was just given a lot of, like, um, freedom, but at the same time, my stepfather was very politically conservative and, um, and racist, um, and, yeah, it was, that was hard. What about your, uh, brother? Uh, my brother Kevin, my brother Kevin is, oh, I have, um, I was raised with three siblings. Um, I have a brother Kevin, a sister Aaron. Um, and a brother, George, and uh, Kevin is the, I'm the oldest, Kevin is the um, one next to me, and he and I share both parents, and then my two younger siblings are my half-siblings. Um, um, they, Kevin was a jock, um, uh, and also very popular. I think that he experienced um, like his life racially a bit different than mine, Whereas I identify as mixed race, he very much identifies as black. But whereas I typically don't date white people, he only dates white people. <laughs> so it's um, it, it's it's a weird. He's a weird guy. He's you know he also I think he's just way more angry than I am, right? So um, he's a little bit hard to be around. Um, my sister Erin is super sweet, um, blonde white woman, green eyes, you know. Very simple, um, has a son, you know, that's that. And the one I like the best is actually my brother, George, who um, I did stand-up comedy once, mm-hmm. and um, my joke is that my brother looks like he invented the KKK. He's dating more black women than I have. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> he's, he's this big country boy, redneck-looking guy, but he's very sweet and very cool and very... Uh, politically progressive despite being raised in like a very right wing community yeah were there um lots of like characters where you were from like characters little people yeah like people that you remember that uh sure i mean i've always been a bit of a friend collector anyway (laughs) you know so i like i like to be around i just don't like having like the same conversations over and over again so i like to have you know different types of people around me um I tended to uh, be drawn to old people, so there was like um, an older woman uh, down the street. Her name was Mrs. York, and she and I were very close. Um, and then across the street, uh, my was my friend Ricky, who uh, was basically like uh, like the prototype for like Macklemore. Like he was like that white hip hop guy. His nickname was Dirty White. Um, he was the one that introduced me to hip hop and we formed a breakdancing group, you know? Um, and I was close to his parents also, and they were older, and I once saved their dogs from a house fire. Oh, goodness. Um, despite, like, grown-ass men all around standing outside on the street not saving the dog, and I was the only dog, and I was the only one that ran in. Um, so yeah, there were lots of characters. I mean, you know, it... uh, when you live in, like, small, weird towns, there's, like, all of uh, these super eccentric people because they're not really... I don't know. There's le- there's almost, like, less pressure to conform because you can just be weird, you know? And sort of, like, everybody's weird. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And what was your uh, earliest memory, I guess, that you have at home? My earliest memory? Um... I think I have a memory. That's weird. That's I don't know. That's a tough one because it's so. It's almost like a, I'm not sure it's a memory or a dream. Yeah. You know, um, but I remember uh, being in the car with my grandmother, and my mom's ancestry is Russian. And when I say that my grandmother is um, like stereotypically like Russian, like you know, she's big and big arms and like you know, and she had like you know skin tags and she wrinkled and 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 like, but she you know. She, I, she was, uh, she was cool. She was, she died uh, at a young age, or my my mom's was, young. I she died when I was three, um, so that memory must have been around three. Yeah. Okay. Um, what were some other things you remember, maybe about like high school or, or what happened after high school? 
Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I guess it's just like I just knew immediately from a very young age that I wanted to just get the fuck out of there. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I'm the only one in my family that got out. Mm-hmm. Right? So my dad is a, uh, you know, he's one of 13. My mom's one of nine. Um, we have huge family, and they all still live there, you know. Um, and so when I uh, graduated high school, I went to Ohio State, which, you know, two hours away does not seem very far, but it was amazing to just get away. And I I left, and I never came home mm-hmm. again. And Which is weird, because a lot of my friends are like, wait, oh, I came back and stayed for the summer. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm never, I'm never <laughs> ever going back, right? Um, and then I was there for, um, until 2000 and then, uh, came here, never looking back. Yeah. And what brought you to New York? Well, I'd always wanted to be here and I was traveling back and forth. And so I had a series of like ex-girlfriends who moved here. And then the woman I was dating at the time, who I believe you actually met at a party. Um, she, um, was like, I'm moving to New York City with or without you. And I was like, I'm, I am too. And then of course, like the second we got here, we broke up. So, you know, <laughs> it was one of those things. Um, but, uh, and she actually now doesn't even live in New York City, so she was in New Jersey, which is not New York City. Um, yeah, that's the, uh, you know, I, the first thing I liked about New York was that I, for the first time, blended in completely, because mm-hmm. everybody thinks I'm Dominican or Puerto Rican or from Yemen, I'm getting that a lot these days. Um, you know, I get Egyptian, Moroccan, if I have a hat on, I get Filipino. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple times I've gotten Mexican, um. And I like that, uh, you know. Um, it's just, like, the ability to, like, kind of, like, not be seen is almost, is really a privilege almost, you know. Some people want, I, I stand out anyway, but, like, it felt different, you know. And, uh, yeah, it was great. It was awesome. So what did you do when you got here? Where, where were you living and what were you doing? Uh, my first apartment, I um, moved in with an ex-girlfriend um, in Rigo Park for, I want to say, a year. And then I got my own apartment in um, Inwood for a year. And then I another apartment. Um, and I had the luxury because I had a decent job of like living alone, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then uh, another apartment in Washington Heights. And then I... Moved in with my longest relationship, who is now the mother of my daughter. Um, we're no longer together, by the way. I'm single. If anybody wants to, anybody cares to know. Um, and uh, but we're we're a very close queer family, and uh, we're raising our my our I have, I, have, I keep seeing my daughter, our daughter, <laughs> who is now eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I did not transition hormonally until after I had my daughter when she was two, so I've only transitioned like six years. Yeah. So, can you tell us a little bit more about? Well, did you always want a kid? What? How did you come upon oh, yeah. being a parent? I always wanted a kid. Yeah, I um, I just I, I wanted a family. I didn't want a big family, mm-hmm. but I just um, I you know, I you know, it's weird. I don't particularly like children. You know, but I like mine. And and it's also, like, it would be very difficult for me to, like... I have dated women with children, right? Um, or who want children. And it was always in the back of my mind, like, well, mine's the best. You know, I'm just super <laughs> jealous and competitive with other children, you know? Um, which is weird. But, um... So maybe I should probably go to therapy on that one. But, uh... Yeah, so I wanted a baby. And, um... Uh, my partner at the time... My wife at the time actually uh, wanted children, but it was not on the top of her uh, to-do list because she worked with children. She owns a dance theater with ch- for children. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been ex- in existence for 25 years. Wow. It's called Locomotion Dance Theater. Um, and so she got her kid fixed, right? So I did. So I remember we were out um, having dinner with an ex-girlfriend and her current girlfriend, that's that's probably the theme that runs through all of this. Um, and I announced to the table, I was like, I want to have a baby, and I don't care how it's happening, it's, it's going to happen. And everybody was shocked, and Lisa was pissed, and like, silent, and then, uh, you know, whatever. And then we um, proceeded to uh, adopt. Oh. Um, 
And I never wanted to give birth. I, in fact, I didn't want to pass on my genes at all. I was like, this is ridiculous. Um, but uh, so we, um, we began the process of adoption. Uh, we wanted to adopt domestically. We wanted to adopt um, black children, a black child, and we wanted her to be a girl. So we're very specific about that. Um, I mean, we would have absolutely adopted any baby that was presented to us, but but those that was my like you know thing. Your wants. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, we linked up with a private adoption agency, um, and that specialized in like queer couples, and um, we got a couple of like interests. Um, uh, and so it, how it works in, at this agency is the birth mother chooses you, mm. right? Um, and you, so we created, it's actually on, um, what is it, I, not iBook, but the little, like, where you can make, like, um, picture collages and on um, MacBook. Okay. Um, so we made, like, a little pamphlet about our lives. It's basically just selling ourselves to this birth mother. And, uh, you know, we made, like, 20 copies, and our agency had it, and when the birth mother would call, they would send that, and whatever. And one, I, at the time, I was working for the Schomburg Center for Research in Black Culture, um, the membership coordinator there, and I was at the Congressional Black Caucus in D.C., um, and our agency, well, Lisa called, or sorry, agency called Lisa, she was in New York City at the time, and she said, you know, um, we have... Uh, a birth mother who's interested, and she's in D.C. Do you want to go meet her? Um, and I was like, oh, my, like, that's not how I thought it would happen, yeah. you know? So um, I I was like, oh, God, yes, you know, f- yeah, fine. Let me get a shot of whiskey right now because I'm, I'm going to die if I pass out of nervousness. Anyway, I was with a coworker. And who's an African-American woman and a good friend. But she gave me kind of like, kind of fucked up advice, but I don't even know if it worked. But she was like, look, I'm a, she's African-American, my friend. Uh, and she, my coworker, and she was like, no teenage black birth mother is going to adopt their child to a butch black person. You have to put these earrings on right now. Oh, come on. Yeah, it was ridiculous. So I put the earrings on. Um, and this is a queer woman also. Which is even more fucked. Um, and so basically, yeah, our birth mother um, was a teenager. She had um, just had a baby, like, you know, nine months, ten months before. Um, she was six months pregnant. And she really liked gay people. And she wanted to adopt, like, to a gay couple. That's great. Um, and we hit it off. Um, and then... I think it was two weeks later, Lisa and I went back to D.C., and we took her to one of her prenatal visits, and we just built a relationship and a friendship, and then um, it was on January 2nd, I was still hungover from New Year's Eve, right, (laughs) and I was getting ready to go to a cigar bar with my friend, Dwayne, and I was in the shower, and Lisa bursts in and says, the baby's... uh, coming she was two weeks early and um so we had to like you know rush and get ready but in the meantime lisa's brother lived um and still does just outside of dc Mm. so he or lisa's other brother and his wife went and picked up the birth our birth mother brought her to the hospital and um my sister-in-law helped deliver so and then we got down there about four in the morning wow yeah a whirlwind. It <laughs> yeah. really was. She, and she also, she weighed five pounds, and I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, no human should be this little tiny. But that's not even that tiny, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it was great. It was great. And, uh, yeah, she was my favorite person. Is that how you felt when you first held her? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's pictures of me, like, cry- I, like I don't cry. Like, I basically, you know, like, I'm just, like, I'm, like, cold-hearted. <laughs> But, um, oh, yeah, like, I'm, so I get so, I'm like, you know, this, have you ever seen the memes of Obama crying over, like, his daughter's graduation? And I, I am so weepy about my, like, you know, she'll write a poem, she'll, like, it's, to have a little picture, she'll do something. And I'm just like, I can't believe it, how amazing you are, you know? <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's ridiculous. I love doing this thing with her where I'm like, so like, you gotta come here, I gotta tell you something. It's extremely important. And I have this very serious look on my face and then she gets to me and I lean in and go, I love you. <laughs> she hates it when I do it because she thinks it's like she's in trouble. Anyway. Um, what are, I guess, what are some other like experiences in life that are like that have really impacted you, I guess? Oh, experiences in life that have impacted me. Oh, there's so many. I was here, yeah, a friend of mine from out of town was here. Um, he lives in Newfoundland, and he's the poet laureate there. And he and I worked together on 9-11, and we worked on Rector Street, which is just a few blocks south. And so we survived 9-11 together. And I think that it's actually, you know, it's funny. It's like, you know, I mentioned earlier how cold-hearted I am. Like, he... You know, he's a cisgender white guy, Irish, looks like a giant leprechaun. Like if a, if a leprechaun could be a giant, then he would look like that. He looks like that. Um, he um, is so emotional about 9-11 and, you know, crying and like, he, you know. So yesterday was actually the first time we visited the memorial together after all these years. And, you know, it was a big emotional time. And like, I kind of, like, faked it. I'm like, I'm like, I love him and I'm deeply, you know, committed to our friendship and 9-11 impacted us. Like, we were, like, li- like we saw bodies hit the ground. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, thing, you know, it was very tra- uh, traumatic. Like, we had, like, that stereotypical, like, covered in dust. And then we walked. Um, that's when I was living in Inwood. We walked from downtown to Inwood, you know, that sort of thing. So, but, but you know, I was like, you know, all right, he, I know he's going to be so emotional. He's going to cry. I'm going to hold him. <laughs> I'm going to, like, do all these things. And it was like, all right. Like, so my, you know... It, it was good that I could be there for him, but that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was you know, a trem- like crazy experience. Like, and it was like you know, um, I don't know, like being in the trenches with somebody, and uh, and, and we just formed a, a deep bond. Yeah. Um, other things that impacted me, I don't know. It's a hard question, I guess. Okay. What about people? People who have impacted me? Yeah, who've influenced you. And, oh, influenced me. Yeah. Um, God, I want to say Prince. What about Prince? Or, or first, when, how was the, what was the first time you heard of Prince or met or saw Prince or whatever? Um, I, my mom took me to my first Prince concert at 10 years old. And um, it was a dirty, my mom was also just very, uh, sex positive so you know she i could listen to like songs about giving head and stuff like that but prince was you know and also the prince is my trans icon you know um i would dress like prince i would do all these things so in the course of my time my 10 to teenage years i saw five prince concerts with my mother um and um I was a fanatic. I like I was like fanatical about Prince. Like it was just like in fact I have a story. So my mom was a big Michael Jackson fan, right? And as everybody typically is. And so we would travel to Florida every summer and um she heard about there's the um there's a Michael Jackson suite at um in Disney World. And you could rent it and stay, and that's where he kept all of his awards, like his uh, Grammys and American Music Awards and stuff like that. And so my stepdad gave in and uh, reserved one night. And it was ridiculously, like, we were, like, working class, but, like, you know, $400 a night for a hotel is, yeah. like, crazy, right? Um, so we drove, so um, he made the reservation, and he said there was just you know uh, one condition is that you know this is the time that Michael Jackson goes down there, so if Michael Jackson is there, um, you can't stay in the suite, but you can stay in his mother's suite, which is on the same floor, and there are only two suites, right? And so we're like, okay, so we get down there, and uh, we talk. Uh, we brought my um, cousin, who we were actually sort of raised as siblings, and she's exactly a year older than me. Um, and it's actually the closest person to in my family, like I'm the closest to. And um, my brother Kevin, who at the time was seven, I was ten years old. 
um, and then my two younger siblings, my mom and my stepdad. And we get there, my dad, stepdad goes in, he checks in, he comes out, he has a look, he's like, you're not going to believe this, but Michael Jackson is here. <laughs> we started freaking out. So, of course, like, we were, we prepped for it. So my brother and my um, cousin had, like, Michael Jackson paraphernalia, but me, being the badass that I was, was wearing a jacket with nothing but Prince stuff on it. <laughs> 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 and there's like a big feud between Prince and Michael Jackson the other night. There's like beef, right? <laughs> so we get up there. We're standing in the um, the elevator bank. Um, you know, we we take a tour of uh, the the suite with all of his awards. You know, we bring our stuff into his mom's suite, which was like the opposite in terms of de- decor. Um, standing in the elevator banks, and they're like, "Okay, Michael Jackson, you know, is coming out of the elevator." And so he comes out, and my mom's like, hi, Michael. And he says hi. And then maybe an hour later, uh, his publicist or somebody or assistant comes and says, Michael Jackson would like to take photos of the two children wearing Michael Jackson paraphernalia. <laughs> so she did, she refused to take a picture of me. And I was pissed, but then I was like, I stood my ground. I was like, you know what? That's, I'm a Prince fan. And like, actually, like, I was weirdly like, I was like, Michael Jackson is too gay. <laughs> like, you know, like, it, like, Prince was like, it didn't make no sense. You know, Prince was wearing women's underwear, you know, having threesomes with like, you know, awesome hot chicks. And I just loved it. Um, but I was like, no, Michael, is, Michael Jackson is too soft. So anyway, they took a picture, um, and then later that night, we were going to Disney World the next morning, so we were up, me and my cousin, my mom and stepfather were kind of like in their bed, and then my two younger siblings were asleep, and then we were up, my brother and my cousin and I were watching TV, and we get a knock on the door, and it's the same woman, and she was like, can you get your mom? And so we went and got my mom, and she's like, Michael Jackson is requesting that the children join him in the hot tub. And my mom was like, no. <laughs> Absolutely. What? And this is like, this is like, my mom is like, she's a nudist. Like, all of my mom friends have seen her naked. She's permissive. People were like, you know, she, like, would buy you beer. Like, she was like, so, and she just, to this day, she was like, I had an in- instinct that, like, that was just, absolutely inappropriate and I wasn't gonna have it you know and then like we were freaking out we were like we want to go in the hot tub I don't even think I had been in a hot tub but like I was like you know and it's with Michael Jackson yeah they so my parents then came out and blocked the door with their bodies because we were like clawing our way out we're like we are going so we went to sleep um and we got up the next morning to go to Disney World and under the door um were autographs by Michael Jackson to all of us like the pictures of himself and so yeah and then 10 years later is when the controversy about the first boy that he um allegedly molested or what raped or whatever yeah came out so my brother to this day believes he dodged a bullet like it was entirely like set up to like well you never know yeah you never know yeah wow <laughs> <laughs> quite a story and thank oh you God. thank you well that's why i'm here <laughs> um wow <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> What, and um, actually, I have a friend that wrote about that story in her book. Her name is Nicole Fleetwood, and uh, the book's called Black Looks. So check it out. Okay. <laughs> um, did you? Oh, did you find out about Prince before or after you came out as like whatever you came out as? Um, so I, when I was, said it was I, I was saying like sort of after. Because I was um, saying, like, I was a weird, I was such a weird kid, I would say stuff, like, around the age of five or six that, um, that I was, um, like, this is the first life I was ever born as a girl. Mm. Um, then I would say that to my mom, and so I was out as, um, you know, like, just gender nonconforming, I guess, um, at a very early age. And then around that age, I started um, only wearing boys' clothes, clothes. Um, and then at 10, I shaved my head, and then that's when I came out. And then 10, I went to my Prince concert. So I think it was, like, right around the time that I learned about Prince. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, like, he just blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah. And he was also, like, you know, he's, like, light-skinned, and I was light-skinned, and I was, like, I didn't, even though, like, I don't, I'm not on that, like, now, politically, I think it's ridiculous, but, like, as a young brown kid, like, it was absolutely, like, I saw myself in him. Yeah. That's great. Um, what was, uh, or what would you say is, has been, like, your 
journey into like the LGBT community or like after you came out at 10, mm-hmm. um, what, what happened after Yeah, that? I didn't really like date at 10, right? It's well, like yeah, now, nah, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know your life. Uh, right, exactly. Um, I, you know, I didn't, I, I just was queer and I just began to slowly tell people um, at a very early age, I told my mom, we were actually on like a road trip. We took road trips. It was the what was the heyday of American tourism when you just hopped in a car and traveled around the country. And I remember sitting in the back seat um, with my cousin, my brother, and my siblings, and my stepdad driving, and my mom in the passenger seat. And I was like, I will never marry a man. I think they're disgusting. Absolutely, you know, at the very like super young, I think it was like nine, eight or nine, and my, you know, mom was like, "Oh, you may change your mind." I was like, "Nope." (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I still, I've, you know, I've, I've held held to that, uh, that that uh, what declaration, I guess. Um, And then in terms of dating, I didn't, you know, I had my first girlfriend at eighteen, but I was like making out. Right, but it was like it wasn't until college, and actually I remember my first crush, my first like I'm on campus my first day, and I was like I saw this gorgeous woman walking across campus, and uh, she I, I probably I, sh- I won't say her name even though we're still friends, um, and we, we didn't, she were friends we never we never even hooked up and I was just like that is what I want right there you know. Um, and then it was just all downhill from there, man. It's like one big blur in terms of like the sea of exes. Yeah. <laughs> what, um, did you, were you at that time, like when you were 18, were you using the word trans or what, how are you identifying yourself or? Um, I was, I have butch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, and I know that butch and trans are different, although there are lots of trans guys who are not butch. Just FYI, um, I'm sure you know. That. Um, and, but I was a very butch, and so uh, I people would sir me, and um, my energy is very masculine, um, and so it's not that I like. So like my like so like if I had a girlfriend, they would give me a boy name, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I, what it wasn't, it wasn't until I really moved to New York City um, that I began saying. Actually, I, what it was is I began being told that I am transgender. Mm. <laughs> yes, by like girlfriends and like typically like um, like I call them trans whisperers. You know, <laughs> they're just like these. Like, in my experience, like these cis femme women who are like, look, you know what. Let me set you aside and tell you. And I'm like, okay. But then actually the, um, my uh, co-parent, um, uh, when we were in a relationship, I told her I wanted to transition early, early on, and she was not supportive at all. So I delayed that for about six years. Wow. Um, and that's hard. And actually, that's like a huge, that, it's always a bone. I'm like, and you did not allow me to transition. She's like, you know, but it's always a big fight. Um, I mean, it's less so now. But, um, yeah, I, you know, for, I have to say, like, I remember, I remember telling somebody that, um, I think it was like in 2004, I told, told somebody, I was like, I'm just naturally attracted to both racial, um, ambiguity and gender ambiguity. And it was sort of more in my... I, like when I started saying stuff like that, I was like, "All right, this is, this is some, you know, something." And then, like, um, so after nine eleven happened, I went to therapy. Uh, the agency that we were working at at the time, um, kind of got us hooked up with like therapists to talk through like PTSD stuff. And I, in therapy, started saying, "I'm, like, I would say stuff like." Like my gender issues and stuff like that, and I would call myself a tomboy and stuff like that. And then I was like, and they were like, "You're saying transgender, like you know, like I didn't really have the terms for it." But also, I have to say, like, remember a friend of mine? Like we were out at a bar once. It was it was called the Boys Club down in. Do you remember the Boys Club? Or like, yeah. Um, and it was sort of like it was just like kind of like all like butch on butch, but then there's like trans guys there. And my friends like talked negatively about it, and she was like. She said it was like the Borg, 
like the trans clones, right? And it was because they were like all white guys and all kind of looked the same and, you know. Um, and so I just never, I never met somebody that I identified with as an adult. Um, and then I was reading, I was up one night and as one does, like <laughs> Googling, how do you know you're transgender? <laughs> and I happened upon like a, a, like somebody was giving, I think it was like OP Magazine or something. And somebody was giving somebody advice um, and they said, the only people up Googling, are you transgender, are transgender people. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. All right, well, that answer is that, right? So then it was, and then, and then I was like, you know what? I'm changing my name. Um, and I was just, it was kind of like balls to the wall. No pun intended, but yeah. Yeah. But I had always dressed like a dude. Like, I never, yeah. or, like, what, like, in this society dudes dress like, you know. Um, basically, like, wearing the same black jeans I've always worn and, like, a fucking ratty t-shirt. And, like, you know, it's just, like, that's, like, regardless of how I identified, I've always been exactly the same, you know. But now I've had sur uh, top surgery and I'm on hormones, so I look a little different, but um, I don't feel different. How has the how has your relationship in within the trans or the LGBT community like maybe changed over the years or or what was what was like the nightlife like in New York City when you first got here? Oh God, it was amazing. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Well, because I was visiting here in you know the '90s when there was the Click Club and stuff like that, where um, and also you know it was like a time of queer nation and act up and there was just more like I identified a little bit more in terms of like that um, type of political expression which actually made me there's been two positive things about the election of um, Satan and he one is that I'm excited to see more like grassroots like let's burn down a goddamn building type of activism you know um, and in fact like like that type of activism is exactly why like the LGBT rights movement is what it is so strong today because it came out of you know AIDS activism and queer activism and so I'm excited to see that happening again um, and the second thing is I didn't notice winter at all because winter in New York City like I've been so in my head that like I feel like I don't feel the cold you know um, but in terms of nightlife yeah, I mean, you know, I, uh, I lived on 10th Street. There was Starlight. Um, there were all these dyke bars around. There was Meow Mix, like, all within walking distance. It's, I feel that there is less of that. There's definitely less, to me, it seems like there's less, like, cis-lesbian stuff, right? Um, and that makes me sad. Um, yeah. What was, like, a typical night at, like, Meow Mix or Startlight or... Lots of drinking. <laughs> Lots of drinking. Always in drunk. You know, it was, I, it was, a, I, I want to say, almost like a friendlier time. And not that, like, like, I'm a social butterfly anyway, so I'm, like, if I walk into a bar, I'm going to talk to people, and, like, I don't feel that. But I feel that, I mean, and maybe... Because I've also, like, aged out of, like, the bar scene in that, like, I also have an eight-year-old daughter, so I can't be out in the fucking bar scene all, all the time. But, um, and New York is a place where, like, people do happy hour, you know? That's how you link up with your friends. So, like, also if you don't drink, even though, yeah, I do drink, but, like, that's probably difficult, too, like, find sober spaces and, um, whatever. But it was just a, lot, a lot of dancing, a lot of, like, making out on the sidewalk, um... Like, I worked with a guy once. He was like, yeah, I walked past Meow Mix one night and I made out with this lesbian on the side. I was like, she wasn't a lesbian, dude. <laughs> but it was just, like, that type of, like, kind of, like, real openness. Um, and I liked it. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, like, crazy stories from your nightlife? Oh, your God. other life? My other life. I mean, there's times of, like, um, like, one time I went into the cock. Back when it was on um, 
Avenue A, and like this is actually before I transitioned, and like I was mistaken as a guy, and that was a little intense because the cock was the cock, and that's what you know people yeah. go there for. That. <laughs> yeah. um, it was just way I would say just way more like kind of like drug fueled scene also, like I don't like I don't know anybody that does coke anymore. <laughs> you know, and it's probably a good thing, but like you know, that's it's a different. Well, I mean, Adderall is fucking replaced that anyway. Um, any crazy? I you know I, I honestly like I'm drawing a blank, but I am somebody that like absolutely like the the crazy is drawn to me. So like I'm sure there is like an event, but I just I'm blanking. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and so, how is it now? Or like what? What is your experience now in the... Like the bar scene? Sure. And, yeah. And or I guess you can talk about... nightlife. Nightlife. And you can talk about activism, too. Oh, right. We you... don't have to... Yeah. Yeah, which, um, whatever's fine. I mean, well, activism is more online now. Um, mm. I also think, like, dating and stuff is more online. People, you know, dating sites and whatnot. Um, so, the, yeah, like, um, I was talking to a friend the other day um, about how there's a fetish site called FetLife and how, like, the the... Like, it's, like, I don't, I, what is, like, you know, like, you can't process your payment through PayPal or MasterCard or Visa because they're, sh- like, shutting down that um, ability to do so basically because of the Trump administration, right? What was it? Is it the NSA? I don't, I don't know what agency it is that um, regulates or censors that type of thing. But, you know, and then he said, well, I guess we're going to just have to start cruising again. I was like, you know what? That would be fun. I would be fine with that. Like, a little bit. Get it back to, like, yeah. Like, the roots of uh, both, like, activism and nightlife, nightlife, actually. And this kind of in-person stuff would be nice. Yeah. Did you, um, what were you, were you active in any organizations or, or in any kind of um, work um, when you were younger? Or now? Uh, yes. I've actually been, I have to say, a little bit more active in the black community than I have been in um, the queer community um, because I have zero tolerance for like, racism and shit like that and you get tons of that here in the queer community um, but um, you know I was more active in Ohio with stuff like Queer Nation and um, ACT UP um, in New York you know I, I, mean, I guess I became although my first few years I was definitely like in the streets both in terms of activism and social life but you know I got I, I guess I just got a little more domestic which mm-hmm. is good you know yeah. um it's kind of, you gotta slow down at some point it's hard you know it's a, it's a tough tough experience um now you know I don't I have to honestly say like other than like donating money um I'm not really like doing much you know in terms of activism Although, I mean, I write, and I did that little commercial for the Commission on Human Rights and stuff like that. So, I mean, I try, but I'm also busy. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. How did you get involved in the uh, commercial? Or commercial? Uh, a friend of mine um, is, who was an attorney, or isn't? he is an attorney, or they are an attorney. I'm terrible with product. Like, I have, it's like trans girl. Like, any, like, masculine presenting trans person, I immediately hear them. And that's so. I apologize for the record. Um, so as called me and uh, said, "Do you want to do this?" And I was like, "Fuck it, sure." Um, it's been interesting because I've had um, people out of the blue recognize me, um, like I'm a security guard at the YMCA on 63rd Street. <laughs> it's so random because they played in the cabs, mm-hmm. so. Um, and then it, the, I guess the the commercials had more circulation recently because of the Trump administration. So um, while it aired in June, it's not being played again. I guess so people are like, oh, okay. Um, I work in like a really like ma- male dominated industry, especially if I'm doing metalworking. And I've had like these really butch cis dudes like come up and be like, let's share a bathroom, Kai. You know, <laughs> and I'm like, first of all, look at like. Back up. <laughs> Slow your roll. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But they've been so weirdly supportive. Yeah. 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 Did I, yeah. Sharing a bathroom with those guys anyway is a fucking nightmare, but like, at least they're nice about it. Yeah. Let's <laughs> share a bathroom. That's creepy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
In terms of uh, self care stuff, self care. Um, how do you how do you practice self care? What's yeah. Um. Well, I work out when I can. I hang out with my daughter and her kids. I I take pictures of birds. So I walk around the woods taking pictures of birds. Um, and then lately, I have been forcing myself into echo chambers, right? Because um, it gets so annoyed um, with uh, people saying, well, you should hear opposing points of view. But, like, the opposing point of view is, um, like, I have to convince them of my humanity. And I absolutely have no, no time for that. And I don't care. And, um, you know, and I'm also just sort of, like, absolutely unforgiving and intolerant of ignorant shit, and I will cut you the fuck off. And I cut people out, you know, I'm narrowing down um, who I want to be around and making very deliberate decisions about that. And, mm-hmm. like, unless I need to work with you, um, like, you, like, you don't need to be in my life. And, you know. um, so that's sort of, like... It's self-care in a way. I mean, you know, it's not like, you know, I'm not out there getting, like, massages or stuff like that. I mean, although they are, I would, I need one. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, just, like, limiting the bombardment of, um, like, anti-black, anti-trans, anti-female garbage is self-care. And I'm doing that, yeah. And also I'm just raising, I'm sorry, we are raising our daughter... Um, to be like the most badass radical feminist, and the shit she says just gives me life. I swear to God, it's so dope, you know. And her friend, her crew, she already has like a little gay boyfriend. He's eight. He's I don't know if he's really gay yet, but like he is a flaming. And I just like I love how she embraces diversity and raise. You know, everybody from Ohio is like, how can you raise a kid in uh, in New York City? I'm like, I only want to raise a kid in New York City. Are you kidding? Like, like I don't ever want her to experience the isolation that I felt racially or in terms of gender or just, like, not being able to, like, pick your friends because you lived in such a small town where you had to just, like, interact with whoever was there. I do love people from Ohio. I'm not necessarily you know, dissing all of them. But, um, yeah, like, it's a miracle to... I mean, you're from here, right? Yeah, so, like, that's such a privilege. Mm-hmm. What are some of the, the fun things or the amazing things that, like, your daughter says that, that like, blow your mind? Oh, uh, I mean, like, pull, and, well, first of all, she's, like, and she just doesn't, she's, like, like, a defender of people, you know? Um, so she, um, it was a few months ago, you know, I get these calls from Lisa, and, and and it's, it'll, it'll start with, everything's okay. <laughs> you know, like, because I'm like immediate panic at night, you know, level 11 with you know, my reactions to things. Um, Soleil um, was on the playground and she overheard a little boy saying derogatory things about Chinese people. And she got up in his face <laughs> and <laughs> went off. And, you know, this is, at the time she was seven. Um, and so, like, they, like, pulled the little kid. He got in trouble. Um, but, like, what we had to do and what Lisa did um, and the teachers did is, like, you know, there are ways of going. You know, it can't be, like, although I, you know, I'll, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then she says, like, amazing stuff, like, you know, I'm going to work the other day, and she just gets, she's getting out of the bathtub, and, um, she has a towel on, and I said, okay, I'm, I'm leaving, can I have a hug? And she's like, you know, I just don't hug people when I'm naked. <laughs> like, I want you to remember that when you're 16, out there in the street. You're gonna hold you to it. Yes! Oh, and this is great, I just said that on, so this is, you know, this is evidence. <laughs> I'll play this whole. Are there other things that um, that you really want to share that like people need to know to know who Kai is? Oh my God, to know who Kai is? Yeah. 
I'm sure there's other stuff. I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I'm in. If I really want people to know me, you know, or like to like know. Um, I think that. I don't, I don't know how to answer that question. I mean, if you if you have a follow up question, really, yeah. Um, what are is there anything that you would want to be known for? Like, want to be known for, or how would you want people to remember you? Or, Somebody like met you today, and then they were like talking about you in ten years. Um, I think, like, I think I would want them to know um, just like how loyal I am to my friends, mm-hmm. um, and that um, my friends have been my chosen family, and that's been very important to me. Yeah, I'm also incredibly funny, and I'm currently working on a book. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I would like to do that. Tell me more about it. Or well, you, I call it. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give it away because yeah. I don't want anybody stealing my idea. Yeah. But I call it Afrofuturistic Dystopian Kink. Oh. Yeah. Cool. And it's about the death of whiteness. Mm. Do you write in general, or have I you? I do written? write. Yeah. What other things have you written, or do you write? Um, I actually had a popular blog back in the day when people were actually blogging. Um, I'm embarrassed to say the name, but I'm going to do it. It was called Ask This Black Woman. Okay. And it was like a little advice, like raunchy advice, like political commentary thing. And I was interviewed on like BBC and, um, um, Farai Judea and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I do write, you know, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm, what I am, you know, I am, I'm somebody who, like I decide on big, like I'm, how, how do I say this? Like, I decide to do something, and then I do it, but I'm not a multitasker of big things. So I'm sort of slow, it seems, at, like, achieving certain things. But I'm always working on that one thing, and then when I'm done, I pick another thing. And this is currently what I've picked to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, even moving to New York City was, like, that one thing. It took me, like, a year to, like, get my shit together and move, you know, because it's not easy. Yeah. It's a long process. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I guess. Uh, is there anything else that you really want to add? I mean, I don't know. I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. Well, thank you for sharing your story. You're welcome. Me and the various people who will read this. Well, hopefully it'll be more than like five people. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, thank you. Thank you.